for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours talking sports. And thanks for spending some of your morning here with Trent and I. On the BMW Des Moines guest list, we're going to do something I believe we should do more often, and that's head north to the Twin Cities. They are a four-sport town, major sports. Of course, the uh, Gophers play there as well. But uh, for whatever reason, the my son asked me this the other day. You know, Why does Chicago move the needle as much as it does in Minneapolis kind of plays second fiddle? It's closer. It is. They've got all four major sports. They do. Only on one baseball team. That's true. But, um, you know, obviously it's the I-Cubs, I guess. I mean, I, I think that's the, Cubs. the biggest reason, yeah. The I-Cubs and the big Cubs moved the needle here, but so do the Vikings and mm-hmm. so do the Twins. And the Wild are growing their fan base. And the Timberwolves, well, they are got the first round pick, first overall pick. Uh, but well, anyways, <laughs> they will, you know, what a year to win it, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no generational, ta- at least we don't see one at this point but anyway so we're going to talk to john shipley and, I, and i'm looking forward to this segment in fact i know he's a friend of yours mm-hmm. maybe twist his arm a little bit to see if we can do this on a more regular basis absolutely he's, he's a good get mitch holtis will be here he's with us every tuesday or every tuesday every day at ten fifty throughout training camp weekly throughout the regular season papa john's uh in central iowa sponsors mitch we may have too many Mitches on the program today, Trent Condon. We're Mitch Heavy, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. He covers the Huskers, but like Scott Dockerman, with no Iowa football in Scott's case, with no Nebraska football in Mitch's case, they're both going to be reassigned to the Big 12 at some point. Mitch Sherman's done some stuff on K-State in Kansas, and we'll talk to him about that. Uh, the Big Ten offices sent the attorney uh, that was representing the Nebraska families the nebraska players a big middle finger i uh, did not respond one bit so we'll see if there's anything that's going to come out of that and then zuba mahente our friend from espn radio will join us at eleven twenty-five, and we will go around the world of sports with zubin we'll mix in the nba mix in college football the nfl i'm assuming there'll be something come up uh with uh in, with all of those sports, with Zubin Mahente. So, Trent Condon. Yes. You know what? I, I kind of want to start for a couple of minutes on this. Cody Goodwin does a great job on high mm-hmm. school sports. Of course, you're involved heavily in high school sports. Uh, Cody wrote a, a, a good piece at the Des Moines Register on the Des Moines public schools, you know, that essentially right now we're staring down the barrel of a two week season. Um, they're going to play two weeks and then they're in limbo, right? Yeah. Uh, for the. Um, I guess the lawsuits and the injunctions mm-hmm. and the lawyers get paid, but just what it's like for the city schools to be practicing, knowing that, yep, they're going to get two weeks, but anything beyond that at this point is not guaranteed. How's it going to play out? You're connected to Des Moines schools. I I believe that there will be an injunction that will be put in place that will allow after the first week or two of the season that these kids will still be able to play. I believe that's the way this is going to play out. 
Uh, as I've told you before, the Des Moines Public Schools are lawyering up. Mm-hmm. They're going in for a fight here. And usually when that happens, you get the injunction that will allow what's currently happening happening to continue at that point. But as you look over at the governor's office and what's happening there, it felt like a very measured uh, decision by what Ames was looking to do, what they were hoping to do. Mm-hmm. And it was rejected. Yeah, they, she's rejected all, all of them, I Iowa believe. Iowa City? Yeah. Rejected. Yep. Des Moines? Rejected, mm-hmm. and they are not alone. Uh, I heard over the weekend that Waukee is also getting ready uh, as their uh, what they were looking to do. Their hybrid model was also rejected because it didn't have that fifty percent instruction. There are going to be a number of school districts that are going to be going and fighting the governor's office. Is that a fight? That the governor wants to play with? Well, she's fighting King football, Trent, and King football for the most part has always won until COVID. Well, and fighting kids. Well, that's true. For all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. also, these school districts look at it. Ames, Iowa City. Well, what are the two main yeah. parts of those two You're towns? Right. right. It's a university. Yep. That's what they're looking to combat against. They anticipate, and I think we all anticipate, there's going to be outbreaks that are going to happen in those two communities. Because you're bringing 20,000, 25,000 people in, and they're not going to be social distancing, and they're not going to be masking, as we've seen across the country. They are trying to anticipate that, get in front of it, but they're told no. Mm-hmm. They're told no, even though those two communities are com- completely different than any other community we have in our state. Why? I think we know why. Right. Uh, she's willing to die on that hill, Trent. Yeah. Seems like it so far. So it, it's sad that uh, it's going to come down to uh, lawyers. and um, But we'll see how it works out. There's some time, I guess, before we do that. They've mm-hmm. got two weeks. Uh, it's a good piece. Cody Goodwin again wrote it. Des Moines Register talked to uh, – he talked to uh, Coach Moore, talked to Coach Taylor. Um, how do you – the East Coast. Schoen, I believe I'm saying yeah, his name Greg right. Schoen, Greg yeah. Schoen, um, talk, spoke with him. For the piece, I didn't see a quote from Lincoln in there uh, or from North, but the uh, three of the three of the schools, um, you know, they, they put a quote, and that, and that was essentially the, the coaches' take as well. They just want the kids to have a chance, like every other kid, mm-hmm. right? You know, but but again, um, you know, if it's not safe to go to schools, it's safe to play sports. That's going to be her argument, and that's uh, so far how she has ruled. Anyways, we'll see how that plays out. You've got we've got high school football coming up this week. I'm going to have Joe Stacy in at some point this week. He's Great. going to be sitting. Sitting in this chair along with Josh Luffelholz, they've got you covered on Friday night. They'll go around to, I normally it's what, 10, 11, 12, somewhere. The correspondents fanned out throughout central Iowa covering these games. So they will get the boys in here to get, uh, you know, give them an opportunity, promote what they've coming, got coming up on Friday nights as we embark on another season of high school football. Ready or not, here comes Friday. Seven weeks of the regular season. After that, it'll be the opening round of the playoffs. There'll be five games in Class 4A. It'll be... Uh, the 33rd seed against the 42nd seed. A uh, little bit more, a few more games down 3A all the way down to 8 player, but that's the way it'll set up. The round of 32, 16, all the way to the mm. semifinals at the Dome. And, of course, the championship right before Thanksgiving, that uh, final Friday night. So with the extra round, they, I mean, if you if you were to add them all up in their entirety, mm-hmm. there's one fewer opportunity, say for a Valley or a Dowling, whoever's going to get to the state final. Mm-hmm. There is one fewer game than they would have had last year. They would, yeah, because those teams are Seven-game regular season? They're going to have a bye in that opening round. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they'll play the the round of 32 Mm -hmm. after that. So basically, for those teams, the next round of playoffs, but two less games of the regular season. With the bye. So that's the way it plays out. So instead of a 14-0 run through, you can have a Mm 13-0 run through for those top-level teams. And 
we've talked about this, Ken, just the talent, thinking about Friday night getting out there for Ankeny versus Ankeny, and it's felt like the tide maybe turning a little bit between those two schools. Yeah, it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Like Valley's starting to... Yeah, that, that class of Ankeny... I remember hearing about these these kids back when they were eighth graders. And I hear these stories a lot. And then you add in the transfer. Right. But you hear these stories, there's this class Mm -hmm. coming in. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes to fruition, but people say, no, no, no. We've had classes. This one is ridiculous. And and what they've done, and they're doing it in every sport, from baseball, making the surprise Mm -hmm. run a couple years ago when they had eight of their nine starters were sophomores in making it to the state tournament that year, to what we saw last year in basketball, and that team coming in as the sixth seed and winning the state Getting tournament. done. With Bayless and company. And that, and that the championship game was no fluke. No, not at all. They played incredibly uh-huh. well in that one. And now you're seeing the football team, and Brody Brex talked about, but now Arlen Bruce making his way up mm-hmm. from Kansas City. Think about that. Two D1 <laughs> wide receivers, and they have a quarterback that can sling it to in Jace Bauer. Ankeny's going to be really good. Centennial's still going to be good. The Pizzettis are still there. You know, they're going to be solid. We talk about Dowling in their seven straight championships. Valley, they're on the precipice a year ago. That just seems get it like done. the school to me, Trent, that's, a, that's maybe going to get back to the top. Waukee's got speed on the outside. Aaron Smith's an incredible talent out mm-hmm. there. And one of the fastest players in the state. SCP just got a bunch of guys commit. Coupled with a group of now kids that are juniors, three of them that have offers from Michigan. Mm. A sophomore offensive lineman that has yet to play a varsity game. He has offers from Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan. Southeast Polk is stacked up. It is ridiculous wow. the level of football we're talking about. Even Urbandale. They have three D1 kids in the front of their front seven of their defense at Urbandale, with Jaden Harrell being the headliner there. It is incredible the amount of talent we have in the state. 31 kids. I counted up the other day. That's 31 kids in our state have D1 offers. That's not even including the kids that are transferring in. The Arlen Bruce, the Rubley of Valley, the quarterback that's committed to K-State, and on and on and on. 31 kids with D1 offers. We've never seen that before mm. in our state for the 2021 class. Oh, and now we're just adding, what, six, seven, eight high-level transfers to our state on top of it. Going to be fun, Trent Condon. You'll be out there on Friday night. We'll get Joe Stacy in here at some point uh, this week. Probably Thursday, I think. Probably. That'd be good, yeah. Uh, find uh, some time for Joe Stacy and uh, to talk about what they've got going on on Friday nights here on KXNO and both signals, 1460 and 106.3 FM. Well, let's do the baseball, Trent. You're going to have to help me out with the Twins. I, uh, <laughs> you got a little story. Well, yeah, look, I told the story yesterday. I got chastised for Oh, it. yeah. I'd tell them to we're, relax. We're, we're supposed to incorporate a little bit of Van Moore. Right, know, right. Be entertaining like the rest of the shows came up in our last staff meeting. Mm-hmm. If you guys could just add a little bit more of yourselves. Uh, okay, so I got a $352 DirecTV bill. I thought, you know, that's pretty unique. Yes. What a way to start my Monday morning, opening up that surprise. So I called DirecTV. I took your advice because you they certainly worked with you. Right? Mm-hmm. Free Sunday ticket? They chopped your bill in half for the most part? Oh, in half. It was like you cut it two-thirds. It was incredible. I was, I, My wife was actually happy about her direct wow. TV bill for once, which is incredibly rare. Yeah, well, my wife was, happy, was not happy. She had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea that she got the bills until, oh. anyways. Until it got up to 352. Got, so she opened it yesterday morning, and that was the first thing that she wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, so I called direct TV. It works. No, it doesn't. They oh. didn't do a thing. Doesn't Nothing. work for you. They wouldn't do. They wouldn't do anything, Trent. It's almost Zip. like you're. You've been there too long. Been a where they know you're since not 1996, and they got me. Yeah, they know you're not going to leave. No. Did you put the pressure on at all? 
Yes. And they just said no. Sorry, there's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. So I hung up the phone and I went downstairs in my office because I had a busy day in my office. And Mm -hmm. I came up last night to watch the the Cubs on 664. Turn it on. Boom. There they were. Um, But I went to 668 to watch the Twins and the Indians. A pretty good matchup. Absolutely. Uh, This is not part of your sports package. Oh, no. Honey. (laughs) What What did you do? do? (laughs) So she chopped that $13 off. And I have no idea what else. So I, I didn't say anything because I knew I've got some action to take when we get off the air here uh-huh. today. Oh, so no twins for you last no night. No twins for me last night. I thought you got them regardless. Uh, yeah, they they don't, don't fall under that plan. It is. And now it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I got was, out. I, I got marquee. Yeah, because I thought it was always Fox Sports Midwest that was part of the package here in central Iowa. I don't know. But you did get marquee. That's a you positive. You know what? It is Fox Sports Midwest because I got the Royals and the Cardinals. You did, yeah. yes, six seventy one. But I didn't get the Twins. Didn't get the Twins, right? So. Or the Brewers. I didn't get last night. Didn't get the the call from Fox Sports Wisconsin, right, right? So that's the way it played out. Well, you missed an incredible game, the Savali kid for the Indians. That's what they need. Trend is more pitching. It, it's ridiculous. Now he's not a fireballer. He's he's not like you know Clevenger and mm-hmm. some of the guys that have come through there. But he's a curveball artist. I'm watching a young guy that's a curveball artist. I saw him for the first time this year uh, against the White Sox. It was a day game right at the beginning of the season. And I'm like, I, I don't know this guy. And so I looked him up. He pitched last year. He had like 10 starts and had an ERA under three during his rookie campaign. He's still 24, but he just spins it. I mean, it's, mm. he's got the big looper. He's got the 12 to 6. He's got the sharp one. He is a curveball artist, and I just love watching those kind of So pitchers. was he fooling those veteran Twins hitters yesterday? He was, for the most part. Yeah. The Twins got to him a, a little bit, of course. Well, you're not going to get to Nelson Cruz. No, what did he do? Uh, had a home run that tied it up after a leadoff home run from the Indians. Uh. Thought the Twins were going to take the lead. Runner at first, two outs. It was Arise, who we talked about. It's kind of been banked up, mm-hmm. and he tried to score. I thought he was going to score easily. No, no, no chance. He got plunked at home, and I thought that was going to be their opportunity. But they got one more uh, and won it 3-2. to two. Fun game last night. It really How was. How was Maeda coming off that incredible performance of that near no-no the other night? Not, not even close to the same guy yeah. that we saw, but he's just kind of a bulldog. He, he was out there grinding. Gave up, I think, seven hits in the game, and it just seemed like there was always somebody on. There was always always a guy in scoring position, but he just found a way to get out of every single inning, and then he turned it over to that elite bullpen. It's an elite bullpen from Trevor May, who, when they got him from the Phillies, I thought, this is a guy you're going to plug in. He's a good number 4 starter. It just never worked out. He had some injuries, but to watch those guys then develop and and make their way to the bullpen and, of course, the disappointment, you hear those stories Mm -hmm, and read those stories mm -hmm. about guys making the transition. But when they buy in, when a guy's up there that was a starter that threw 96, now he's throwing 98 as a reliever and and then putting it all together, seeing him out there, Taylor Rogers looked good last night finally after a couple of shaky uh, relief appearances that he had had recently. He was good in the back end of things. It's a great bullpen. And... If Maeda is what we've seen, and Barrios is Barrios, and Pineda comes back, the guy we saw a year ago, mm. your one two three is in really really good shape. That's not mentioning Rich Hill. No, nope. you know, win healthy. Yep. how good he can be. A lineup that still hasn't hit, a great bullpen, and good defense. It's kind of a recipe to make a run in the playoffs, sure isn't it? Sounds like it to me, Trent. Unless that you bullpen see comes the Yankees, on, and and somebody's going to. Uh, boy, it's your speaking of uh, seeing somebody. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because the game was awful. This Lakers team, Trent, it, it just, I hate to say, just give them the title now. If they play like they did last night, who's going to... I was disappointed they were playing so well. It, was, it, was, it wasn't fair 
Honest to God, they should have taken a man off the floor. Let it play five on four. 43 points in uh-huh. the first quarter. Uh-huh. They're up 43, 20. They're at 80 in the first half, right? 24 to 8, too, on Kobe Bryant Day. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that's almost like, come on. It, it really? was, it was eerie. Yeah. I mean, just, and, and the screenshots that everybody was taking. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody before it got to that point, and I think it was like, it was like 20 to 6 at that point, and he said, watch this. It's going to be 24 8. And it was on Kobe Bryant Day. Gabe before watching uh, Westbrook was there on the sidelines wearing his Kobe jersey. I just, I thought that was incredibly mm-hmm. cool to see and all the different, you know, different uh, things that we heard from people talking about what Kobe meant. It was, it was a great day for that, but the basketball Game stunk. I was so excited for that one last night. Uh, we me got too. Absolutely nothing. Flipped over to the hockey, and by the time I got over there, the Stars were just scoring goals nonstop, Trent, and they were dominating the land. But you know what? That's not the way this game started. Colorado, I thought, was all... They were up 2 nothing, and yeah. then gave up five straight goals. Five straight, lose at 5-2. Two. Two and now down 2 nothing. Yeah. they got to win 4 out of 5. Trent, I'm, I'm shocked at that series. Colorado's yeah. got more talent than Dallas, but... I mean, Nathan McKinnon's one of the best players in the world. He really is. There's Connor McDavid, there's Sidney Crosby, there's Austin Matthews, and Nathan McKinnon, for me, are the four best players in hockey. Um... And if I'm missing somebody, I can't think of who that would be. But anyways, yeah, the, I don't know how the stars are doing it. I really and truly don't. But they're up to uh, they're up to zip. We shall see. And uh, got to throw a thank you out to Joe O'Donnell when we had him out at the beginning of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think there was maybe a few games in, mm-hmm. and he mentioned the Islanders, a team no, that no, I should. No, re- no, 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 oh, no. was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I jumped on them to win the East at eighteen to one. We both did, if memory serves. And and they're beating his flyer. Well, they're up one nothing. They're up one nothing. Right. But dominating last night, one nothing victory. Yep. I'm holding that. T- what did you What did you get close. them at? Eighteen to one to win the East. 18. Not the whole thing to win oh. just the East. So they're going to have to get by the winner, Tampa, Boston. Easier said than done. Hedging opportunity, perhaps well, at eighteen to one. Yeah, yeah, at eighteen to one for sure. Get past the Flyers first. I'm not hedging right. yet. Right. No, too early to do so yeah. yet. Uh, but that series was good. Cubs last night, we got uh, both, uh, you got the good Javi Baez, you got the bad Javi Baez. <laughs> yeah, I did see the, the pickoff that oh, you'd mentioned to just... me before the show today. The, the Cubs in back-to-back games now. Sunday, Contreras just made a blunder, like boneheaded blunder on the base pass. And then Baez last night, there's a ball hit to, I think it's the shortstop or up the middle. Uh, Baez is on second. He's going to get the third on the ground ball, which he does, mm-hmm. but he doesn't stop there. He decides to, you know, go halfway between third and home. So instead of the throw going to first base, the shortstop says, he, he, I don't know if he was alerted by the pitcher or mm-hmm. somebody pointed to him. Well, they, they got Baez in a rundown, cost him a run. But then he hits a couple of home runs. For the first time in a long time, he, you know, the ball's leaving the ballpark. They showed an overhead shot of Comerica last night. I was there the first year the stadium was open, first or second year. When it was just huge? Huge. I mean, Trent, it was unfair. It was like, felt like it was 450 to the gap. It, it was 450 to the gap, seemingly. You're yeah. right. So they put this kind of, you know, and um, another fence in. There's, mm-hmm. there's a gap there between the stands and now where the fence is. But it, was, it wasn't fair. Um, but it's a beautiful ballpark. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally... There's a two-lane, like, we're, we're, we're here on Grand. <laughs> Across the street is Ford Field. Oh, really? Like, there's two lanes of traffic <laughs> between the two buildings. There's Comerica, and then two lanes, and Ford Field. 
weird, right? It I mean, is. like just side by side, as close as they are like that. But, uh, yeah, downtown Detroit, I, you know, I was warned. Yeah. But I walked from the hotel and I was right uh, on the, um, you know, on the river. Um, I'm not sure I'd do it now. I was, you know, younger. I was in my 30s, probably, or maybe 40s. Anyways, um, but the the Cubs, Javi Baez came to life last night. Mills was really good last night. Uh, beat the teams that you're supposed to, Cubs. Yep. That, that's the key for them right now. With the lead that they have, they're going to be fine. What uh-huh. did you think? The biggest part that I was kind of excited to watch last night, I wanted to see Casey uh, Mize. Yeah, he was good in the first inning, then, then yeah. Trent just, uh, they got to him. He's 23. Mm-hmm. You can see... The stuff, though, mm-hmm. is yes. certainly there. And that cut fastball, I think, has a chance to be mm-hmm. a really plus pitch for him. I didn't walk away impressed by any means. No, but you he can, wasn't great. You can see the foundation, yep. at the very least, for him. And he's got a long ways to go, and he's probably up there pitching earlier than he would be in a, a normal type of year. But yeah. the Tigers are a team that is, I mean, it's not a year or two away. They're still three, four years away from, I think, being a, mm-hmm. a top-level type of team that's going to be contending for division titles. But this is the beginning pieces. At Who least gets for there first, Tigers or Royals? Ooh. I think the Royals. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. now. The Tigers spend more mm-hmm. when they at least if they start to make that push. You know they're going to be willing to open up their pocketbook. How much longer do they have Cabrera for signed? Any idea? Oh, is is this a, this a contract that's going to you know yeah. the length of it? Going to come like back the Pujols one that yeah, we talked like about the with the Angels, ones. right? Right. How much longer is there? Mickey got off to a good start this year, though. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. He's uh, what's he uh, batting? One eighty six. One eighty six. Yeah, he's falling on some hard times. Uh, right. He's a free agent in twenty twenty four. Oh my gosh, they still have him for. Uh, here's what they have: thirty million next year, oh, thirty two the two following seasons, and then and he's thirty seven years old, Trent. A couple of team options when he is forty one and forty two for thirty million dollars mm. each. Mm-mm-mm. Don't think they're going to be picking those ones up. I would be surprised if they do. Let's see. We can't give you that much money, but we'll try and give you a little bit of a bump. Kex and Owen Iheart would like to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword "win" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's "win" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Saint Paul Pioneer. Press is where you can read John Shipley. You can hear him here next as Trent and I will head to the Twin Cities, go around the well, four major sports. Do you have a question on the Wild? No, I asked you the, the one question I had. Oh, they, lot, they didn't win the lottery. They didn't win the lottery, right. yeah. And they picked ninth, you said. Yeah, picked ninth, yep, uh, in the draft. You can sneak one in, though. I don't know if I have one on the wall. Oh, okay. I, I've got, so we've got some Vikings. We've got some Twins. We've got some T-Wolves. They hold the number one overall pick. Jeff Goodman's latest... Uh, mock draft is up. Boy, it's starting to become apparent that Tyrese Halliburton is bound for the Big Apple. Oh, really? A lot. You can't. It's hard to find a mock draft. I shouldn't say that. Three out of five mock drafts probably have Halliburton and the Knicks as a fit at eight. Well, they need players. They do, and they need a point guard. Um, so we'll see if, if indeed that's where he ends up. He's going to be a top 10 pick, no doubt about that. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
Good uh, choice there, Trent Condon, as we head to the Twin Cities. 10.30 here in Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. He joins the program as uh, we talk Minneapolis, Minnesota sports. Hello, John. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Doing well. Appreciate uh, you giving us some time here today. Well, the uh, the ping pong balls went in the T Wolves' favor. Let's start there. They now hold the uh, one overall pick, and uh, maybe the wrong year to have that. But uh, nonetheless, there's some certainly some talented players. D'Angelo Russell seems to me like he and Lamelo Ball they play the same position. Um, can they coexist? Does that make sense? Would they go ball who may have the biggest upside in this draft? Is that, do you think, where they will lean? I think the question with him is can the Timberwolves coexist with his dad? Yeah, good point. I, you know, I don't know. I, frankly, I'm not sure why you need, I guess our Wolves guy thinks it would be great to have two point guards on that team. I'm not, I don't know. I, I've watched basketball in the 90s, you know. So I, I don't – basketball is such a different game now. But I do know that that Cat is not the perfect guy for the new game. He's He doesn't get up and down the floor. He's a great three-point shooter, but he's too tall to be out there all the time. So I don't – I to be honest with you, the only thing I know that they need is shooters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that if you draft a shooter, you know. The speculation here is that they'll trade that pick. But if no one's really excited about anyone, I don't know what you get for it. So it's hard to say, you know. It, it, it really is. I maybe maybe you pick the 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 kid, the ball kid, and then trade him. There's a European player that is getting a little buzz there, Denny Ovdija, I, I believe. Tel Aviv. Is. Yeah, from Tel Aviv. Now Luka Doncic and him are not real similar players, but. I don't know. If in a draft like this, where there isn't that consensus, number one, can the T Wolves afford to take a flyer? They haven't been good. I mean, they've had what one playoff appearance in two decades. Mm. If there's right. ever an organization that can just take a flyer, wouldn't it be the T Wolves? Well, yes and no. People here are angry with this team. Uh, you gotta, you know, it's funny because they've been on this kind of quote unquote upward trajectory. You know, here they're all they're excited and they, you know, we're going in the right direction. And they might be. I don't know. I like the trades they made last year, but they still were terrible last year. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't. People weren't going to the game. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Dachik is incredible. He's a great player. I take him. I don't know if this <laughs> kid is play. You know, if he's like that or not, I've never seen them play. But they gotta. I think they need to be careful. To be honest with you, I think they'd be almost better off getting like doing what they did and getting a bunch of players, maybe for the pick, maybe some guys that are known quantities. I, I don't know who that would be. To be honest with you, to me, what they need is a is a two guard who can is a lights out shooter. I don't you know like and I the only guy I can think of right now is in his, he's past his prime is Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. They need someone like that who can stretch the play and let Cat get some space inside. They haven't had a, a good shooter. I can't remember the last time they had a good shooter. And it really kills them. They, they run these rotations, and then they'd end up having uh, Jang taking a three-pointer because no one's guarding him. <laughs> they need someone that can make that shot. 
Uh, John Shipley is our guest. John, let's move from the T-Wolves to the first place Minnesota Twins. They had a nice win last night over the team that's, uh, not, I was going to say hot on their heels, but uh, chasing at this point in, in Cleveland. Uh, the White Sox seem to be uh, coming on as well. But, boy, this Twins team, uh, the, the bullpen was solid last night. Maeda, you know, on the heels of his 115 or whatever it was, uh, pitch performance, taking the no-no into the uh, ninth inning the other night, came back. He was solid. Uh, for a team that's not hitting the the baseball like they probably like most thought that they would uh to have the record that they do tells you that that's a pretty deep and pretty talented roster john i was thinking about this this morning that one thing you really like about them right now really banged up right now but that this is a team that's used to winning and I, i'm not sure you can you can you know really quantify that but it's there it's true you get used to winning and you get used to losing this team never thinks it's out of it they, their lineup, you know, it's so deep when everyone's healthy. They really miss Donaldson. Um, Garver, obviously, is hurt now, but he was not hitting well. Cave is not, you know, these are guys, Cave is not a guy you want in there every night. But they're used to winning. They're very good defense. They have a lot of good defensive players. And, they're, you know, their pitching's pretty good. You know, that Mayette is terrific. That's the trade of the year right now. I I don't know what he's he's under contract for two more years for three million bucks. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, and I know I know he a year, but and he's got some incentives. But so what? I mean, right. this guy's worth you know he's their best pitcher right now. Um, they're used to winning. I don't. The thing that scares you about the Twins, and this is the thing that always scares you about the Twins, is the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. um, and I and I was looking. I didn't realize this until a couple days ago that you, there's no. You get nothing for winning the division, really. Yeah, you get to play the the, the eight, the seven or eight seed in your ballpark. The White Sox or the Astros. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I don't know, man. That's that's rough. And this is a team that is on the other side is not used to winning in the playoffs. I mean, they were shell shocked last year. They went in and thought they were going to win that series, and they just got smoked. That's what concerns you. You know, May, uh, Pineda's coming back at the end of this month. If he can, you know, that's a bit. He hasn't pitched in over a year he was their best pitcher at the, when he went you know got suspended that would really help if they get donaldson back and you know and sano hits like he can they they're a really good team but I, there's a lot of ifs there yeah that, that is a lot of ifs uh the bomba squad that we saw a year ago it's been different you mentioned the injuries here garver has been a disappointment i, I do want to ask you about a prospect they called up to take over and help out with the via and the catching duties Ryan Jeffers, this was a guy that looked at, yes, he was a catcher in college at UNC Wilmington, but most people didn't think he was going to be able to stick there. He was going to have to play first base or find the outfield position in right field, something like that. But the Twins have done an outstanding job turning him in to a plus defensive player in very quick order here. A guy with a stick that has the capability of being a 20-home run hitter, and now he's a good catcher on top of it. Yet another sign of what this Twins front office has done, these kind of small pieces that you look at in the developmental side of things, this new front office has been outstanding for the Twins. Your thoughts on them? Uh, they've, they're, it's hard. You can't argue with them. You can't mm-hmm. argue with you know the moves that Baldelli makes, and you can't argue with Salvin, as we call him here. They've, they've done a lot. I think Jeffers, I mean, I, I watched him play in his, his debut, and he, he just looks like a veteran. He's a, he's an adult man, you know. He's like, I think he's 23, but he he looks like he's 30. He acts like he's 30. Uh, I, obviously, we can't be around him in the clubhouse, you know, right now. So it's hard to tell. But 
I, I think this guy might be it. And then you figure out what you do with Garver's an arbitration player right now, and he's close to 30. I, I think they, you know, that's why they brought him up to see, to see what he can do right now. I really liked him. Uh, but at the same thing, at the same time, I kept saying this about Garver last year is I remember when Rick Wilkins hit 30 home runners, home runs as a rookie. And who remembers Rick Wilkins? <laughs> yeah, it's so, a, you got to dig deep for that one. <laughs> yeah, and so you, you just never know. But I, I, I really like what I see of this kid so far, anyway. Uh, John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. John, uh, one of the uh, topics I wanted to get to when we uh, decided uh, that we should reach out to you uh, was was on the Gophers and, and, and the Big Ten specifically and the cancellation of football. Nebraska's been very vocal. Iowa's piped up. Uh, we're hearing from Ohio State. We're hearing from a number of schools in the Big Ten footprint. Uh, and but not hardly anything from uh, from Minnesota or their fan base or their team or their coaching staff very quiet out of the Gophers at least you know from what i've seen or or haven't read um when it comes to that what has been the uh, the blowback from the twin cities big 10 cancellation or postponement not cancellation pushing it back how big of a disappointment how big of a i guess the topic has it been has it you know it has but this is the woke capital of the midwest and I'm, this is all. This is completely political. You know, Iowa and Nebraska are, are they're red states now. Certainly, uh, Nebraska always has been. And there's nothing. They. This is it. This is their Viking, right? Mm-hmm. This is the biggest thing. Sure. I lived in Iowa for ten. I wish I could move back, but I can't. <laughs> but it's there's nothing for the fall now. You know, and so this is the big thing to get seventy five thousand people in the Kinnick Stadium. And it's huge, and it's fun, and it's great, and it lasts until Christmas, and now it's gone. <laughs> that That's tough. Here it's different. You know, you got the Twins going on. You got the Vikings are mm-hmm. certainly, I think, going to play. It's a, it's a, it's an entirely different place. Plus, like I said, this is a very blue island in a red, in a, what essentially is a red state. So people here are, they're more accepting of this. Uh, that, yeah, maybe it is a good idea. Um, so, you know, frankly, I think they should have just maybe waited a couple months or something. I don't know. But people people here don't, they're not like, oh, that's crazy. Right. They're like, oh, that sucks. And and, and then the other thing, too, is that, that it is, is rough on them is that the Gophers were 11-2 and two last right. year. Right. <laughs> and they returned their quarterback and their running back. So... That's the you know that's the disappointment, but I think I honestly think this is a state thing, you know that this is the big you know in Ohio State you can make the argument that they're the biggest thing in Ohio, mm-hmm. so this that that to me is is what's going on here. Talking with John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, it's Miller and Condon on KXNO uh, to the Vikings and uh, announcement today the first two games at U.S. Bank Stadium will be without fans, including the opener with the Green Bay Packers coming in. We've seen baseball without fans. We've seen hockey and and the NBA. How about U.S. Bank Stadium? The Packers come to town Mm. and nobody in the building. What's that environment going to be like? Well, it's rough. It's because, I mean, this is, the Vikings absolutely have a home field advantage. Yeah. You can can argue what baseball teams have it. Uh, It's certainly not like, like a, a domed football stadium. Now you obviously can win, and you know the 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 Vikings won at you know New Orleans in the playoffs. But it's a 
it's a big challenge for them. I know Zimmer is clearly angry. He expressed so the other day. It's bad timing because the opener is the Packers. Um, but I think most I haven't you know so I haven't like heard from people. I haven't been on Twitter yet today. I'm guessing it's just going to be yeah. We, we we knew it was coming. You know that mm. we have a we have a Democratic uh, uh, governor here and. People, whether they agree with him or not, I think are kind of used to the way things have gone. Things have gone well in Minnesota. You know, we we are in as good a shape as anybody probably in the country. Um, I think in the Twin Cities, people are just going to accept it and, and maybe just be happy that there's football on. Um, baseball is funny. You watch it and you're like, you watch it on TV and it's almost normal. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. you got that fake crowd noise and it's just, you know, you can fall asleep like in the old days and you got that. Um, you know, and, and uh, football, I don't know what they're going to do. My guess is they'll, I don't know what they'll do if they'll put crowd noise in or anything. That's what they're talking. Yeah. You don't, you don't want them swearing on TV. I think that's why they did it in baseball. You don't want them swearing on TV. <laughs> uh, interesting point. Uh, so what's been the biggest, I guess, uh, talking point so far in Vikings training camp is it Bedelvin Cook, and there's no deal there yet, although he's there and they're taking it easy on him. What's been the uh, uh, a storyline or two coming out of Vikings camp so far, John? I think it's the offensive line, um, just because it's been bad and it, and it it's been it hasn't helped Cousins. They've got all this money in Cousins, and they really haven't protected him well. Uh, there is not, I have to say. There's not a giant buzz around the Vikings right now. I, and I think a lot of it because people are taking a wait-and-see approach. You know, I think, I think so some too. people assume they're not going to play. Um, they don't know the NFL like I do. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're going to try. I don't know if they'll finish the season, but they'll start. Um, so I think once they start playing, people will get excited. Because it will be if they happen to finish it, it would be a real season. It's not like base, baseball is kind of, you know, it's like a pinball season. Like you're the high score at the end or something. Uh, it's just very strange. Football would be if they could finish the start and finish it. It would be a legitimate season. Um, so I think when you when it starts, there'll be more buzz. But right now, it's I don't know. I mean, I was a big Vikings. So I don't know what people thinking there, but it's just kind of meh. No preseason, no buzz, and it's been yeah, certainly no games. Yeah, yeah it's it's been so very different. I mean. I, Getting ready for the football season for me, it's fantasy football, and haven't looked at it a lick. I got a draft tomorrow night. Exactly, I, I got to get that figured out. Too, the coverage is not great. You yeah. have no access to these guys, so people aren't reading stories about the seventh round pick. You know that oh, he might make the team. Like last year, we wrote about that that long snapper like ten times, <laughs> Austin Cutty or whatever. It was just like okay, enough. He's the long snapper. This is there's nothing like that right now. John, uh, what's the latest on Dalvin Cook as they look to get a deal done before the season? Uh, read the other day, an impasse is, is the terminology that was used about the contract extension for Dalvin Cook. What can you tell us there? Well, I, I have no inside information on that, but when I saw that there was an impasse, uh, all I could think of is when he said uh, he didn't have any intention of sitting out of training camp. I, right. You know, I, I, I don't – I he, he's a tough one. What do you do with him? Yeah. He's always hurt. He's really good. Yep. Is he Walter Payton? Is he Adrian Peterson? I, no. <laughs> you know, I like, frankly, I like Madison. Yeah. I think he's a good player. He stayed like, with him. So, yep. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if you're the Vikings. The Vikings have money issues. 
I don't know. I mean, right now, my guess is that you get the thing is in the NFL, you get mad at a guy, you don't sign him, and then you tag him. So, I don't know what they do there, but I wouldn't be surprised if that just that that doesn't happen. That they just play the season and see what happens. John Shipley, John, thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate you coming on and uh, filling us in. Thank you, and we'll uh, look forward to doing it again. Thanks, John Shipley. All right. Take care, guys. Good Bye. to talk to you. St. Paul Pioneer Press is where you can read John. And John wants to come back to Iowa. Yeah, hey, this is a good So Iowa what's his there. story? He was he was at the Register? Uh, yeah, he did, he did some work for the Register. Yeah. I think he went to him and Morehouse went to grad school together at Iowa when they were starting okay. in the newspaper industry. I know him and Morehouse are really tight, yep. so yep. I think they maybe worked at the DI together, the Daily I went over there, and uh, yeah, good connection, but I really like John. Very dry sense sounds of humor. Like kind of sounds like Pat Royce, dry-wise. Dry <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he's as dry as I've ever talked to. Yeah. Oof. He did, you know, radio for so long too, and I, I never. He did, yeah, yeah, and I never heard him a radio show of him. I've heard interviews with him, and I've heard Bob Dyer and I used things. to have him on. Him, Bob Dyer and Pat Royce were very good friends. Oh, really? Yes, and we would have him on the jock a ton. Grumpy Royce, grumpy, yes, grumpy. He really all he always was. How old would he be now? Oh, he's got to be, be seventy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he, he's certainly at seventy. And think of the guys that have just been oh, there forever. Jesus. From of course Sid, yeah, the the ultimate. But right. Royce's been around for mm-hmm. a long, long time, and on and on and on. It's a good market. It is the Vikings matter, but it's interesting hearing from John there. There's no buzz on the Vikings. That is a Viking city, a Viking it. state. I know it. And there's no buzz in that. Does that kind of feel like the NFL as a whole? I think that's a football as a whole, Trent. Yeah. I'm the same way. You just said it. You got a fantasy draft tomorrow. You haven't even cr- done any homework on it. I saw ESPN was having their 24 hours of fantasy. Couldn't even get into it. Couldn't yeah. even watch a segment. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll uh, come back and uh, talk to more NFL football conversation. We'll head south all the way. Well, to Kansas City. Mitch Holtis joins us next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final segment here on a Tuesday. Let's talk Chiefs, shall we? Off we go to Kansas City's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John sponsors. He's Mitch Holtis, Mitch Trenton, Ken. Happy Tuesday, Mitch. How are you? Happy Tuesday. You bring me in with some bump music of Neil Young, and I have images of a young Ken Miller staring <laughs> out of some Canadian lake in a beautiful August day, just kind of listening to Neil Young. We're both from the same hometown. He's a proud Winnipegger as I am, Mitch Holtis. <laughs> Good catch on your part ooh, there. Ooh, hey, uh, the Trent, Trent. Long live the Jets. The long live the Jets is right. Maybe one of these years, Mitch Holtis. Well, that was the case for Kansas City, and that that year was last year. And it may be again. Trent and I were just talking fantasy briefly, looking over that roster, this, this Chiefs roster with a quarterback that can throw it to anybody. Uh, I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the pickup, but receivers wise, uh, look, we get Kelsey, the tight end, we get Hill, but Sammy Watkins is a guy, Mitch, that, um, really kind of started slow, but boy, oh boy, what a postseason. I know he's your focus here today. What kind of campus he had and tell us about Sammy Watkins. Well, as exhilarating as the Chiefs offense can be for the fans of the kingdom and those who follow the NFL, who are, don't have a rooting interest in whomever the Chiefs are playing, it can be that uh, frustrating for fantasy players. Like, who's going to be the flavor not only of the month, who's the flavor of the of the week? Uh, and there's so many weapons on this team that, 
Last year in week one, Sammy Watkins had almost 200 yards receiving, Ken. It was crazy. I called it a Sammy Watkins Palooza on the air. (laughs) The next 15 weeks, 450 yards total. In 15 weeks. It's like 30 yards a week. You know, I picked Sammy on my fantasy team. I won week one and lost the next 15. (laughs) Uh, And so there's a, you know, there's a question there. And some thought, Ken, and you and Trent, if you saw, like, there was a a public, uh, some guy put out, uh, based on a March interview before COVID shutdown with Sammy that he was chasing a thousand yards or needed more stats. Um, and I just don't think he feels that way. He, he, he's individualizing things as Sammy, uh, but he's visualizing, visualizing hopefully the main thing. Visualizing um, Super Bowl. I think when you're playing this game and you're on the type of team that we're on, as far as individual goals, yeah, you you love to have those numbers. You love to have all the touchdowns, but um, you got to be realistic with yourself and say that we have arguably seven superstars on one offense. Um, I just think it's hard on the coaches. It's not hard on me. My game is just going out there playing, but definitely I have big goals for us to win the Super Bowl, and, and that's the goal. And um, individual goals is, is 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 definitely set, but I think the focus is to to stay. Um, on trying to win games. And if we can win games and, and Super Bowl and I can get 1,000 yards, then, hey, that that'll be great. It ain't hard on the coaches. I mean, they it's just a matter of uh, working out, and sometimes it's a, it's an individual plan for that week against that a, a specific opponent. But I don't think Sammy's chasing numbers. If he is, he's not going to last long around here because, you know, the numbers take care of themselves, guys. Look at, look at the numbers this, the guys had last year. They just don't worry about the numbers. The numbers will be there. So you got Hill, you got Watkins, you got Hardman, and you're always waiting for maybe the next young guy. Anybody at the wide receiver position popping there, undrafted guy, late-round pick, anything that you've seen, somebody else that's going to make the team a little bit deeper down that wide receiver roster that's that's popped to you? There's a great question. Now, um, I call them, and it's a term of endearment, if from Mitch Holtis, and that is a crockpot guy. And when I say crockpot guy, it means you're not on the 53 this year, next year, or last year, but they keep you around. Mm. You're on the practice squad. They put you in the crockpot to slow cook. It's essentially a redshirt player at Iowa, Iowa State. And then what happens when they pop out of that slow cook development? And wide receiver, there's two guys that come to, to mention or come to mind as you ask that. One is Jody Fortson. 6'6", 215, 20 pounds, can high point the ball, came in as a tight end a year and a half ago, crockpot guy. He's had a very good camp. Got injured yesterday, not sure what that's going to be, won't know till tomorrow, but he fits that billing. Marcus Kemp, cut last year, last cut, uh, was injured, um, and now is back. And a guy who can be a phenomenal special teams player as a gunner, Again, taller target, high target, uh, high point can ball, red zone. And so he comes to mind. And then there's several younger guys. Maurice French from Pitt is a rookie who's shown up in this camp. Wide receivers loaded. Gary Dieter is in that category. Like He's Dieter. been around now. Gary Dieter. I mean, so wide receivers is the a big, big, there's a whole bunch there that are the developmental stages, and I don't know if they can make the team, and they go to the practice squad and stay in the crockpot. Mm. Yeah, Dieter was at a small school, then transferred to Alabama, I want to say, for his final okay. year. And then Kemp was a Hawaii Golden guy. Green. I remember him. Yep. 
Bowling Green. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, yep, Bowling go. Green. Yeah, uh, Mitch, uh, let's uh, get you out of here talking about what you wanted to juvenile diabetes. Uh, we can talk about Papa yeah. John's. When you talk about the Donaldsons, there's a lot on their plate. There is. And we talked about the chacaroni for several weeks, and you can still get the chacaroni special. Go to papajohns.com. But the Donaldsons do so much. They're, they're so involved, not only in the Des Moines community, but really throughout Iowa. And they really have a heart for uh, JDRF, uh, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And when you look at what coronavirus has done to those nonprofits, it has hammered them, yes, as we yes. all know. Uh, and so they stay involved. So they've got some specials coming up. I'll give you more details. But you can buy pizza and enjoy it, but you'll also be helping um, JDRF. Stay tuned. Good stuff, Mitch Holtis. We will talk to you this time tomorrow. Appreciate you coming on. See you, Neil. I mean, (laughs) Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in his regular spot. Good to talk to Mitch Holtis on a daily basis. Uh, As the defending Super Bowl champs start two weeks from Thursday night. Wow. Doesn't seem possible. It doesn't, Trent. You know what? I think we're missing preseason. Could that be possible? Who would have thought, huh? It's weird. 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.